Hello, boys and girls. We're back on the Continamics Football Podcast, episode 375. It is a special week. It is Super Clásico weekend. We're going to be talking about the preview and how things have changed from when I grew up watching these matches. We finally have a format for the 2026 FIFA World Cup. We'll talk about that. And Alejandro Sendejas has finally made a decision. He's going to suit up for the national team, the U.S. men's national team, which is full of drama, obviously, with the Reinas as well. We're going to talk about all the chisme and much, much more. But before I go any further, just want to let you all know we are broadcasting live on Twitter Spaces. So join us. Feel free to speak up. And we are also streaming on YouTube. So if you want to chat there, we'll be hanging out. Before I go any further, let me welcome Joel to the show. Joel, how are we doing? I'm doing really good, homie. And, uh, you know what? I was looking at the World Cup. At first, I was, like, not sure. But teams of four, right? Uh, with, wait, is it teams of four? (laughs) 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 I just know it's top, top two automatically qualify. And then there's going to be a couple best third place. Yeah. So I'll, I'll run the details, uh, real quick. So with the FIFA world cup in 2026, I think the, the big thing for those that don't know, uh, we are going to have 48 teams qualifying. So we're expanding 16 more countries. And instead of 64 games, we're going to have 104. Um, yeah, so we're almost doubling the amount of matches. So uh, we are going to have quite a bit of football from eight groups. It's going to be 12 groups. So 12 groups of four. And then it'll be the same thing where it's three matches the top two okay. teams from each group advance, but they will also have the eight best third place teams moving into the knockout round of 32. Okay, because there's where I was confused because I think early on they were saying groups of three. Yeah, it was going to be groups of three. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad they moved to groups of four. Mm-hmm. And I like top, and I like that they have a couple of the best third places. Think that it looks, looks good for Max. <laughs> Their chances just improved by a lot, just because um, they're still among the top twenty. So you're looking at forty-eight. So they're automatically better than fifty. Going to be better than half of those teams. <laughs> um, and that's true, dude. It sounds like, but it's true. Um, I mean, of course, Mexico's um, goal is to be better than the top five. Which you know, well, in the matter, but that's that's where they hit the start. Where they hit, you know, they go face first into the wall. Um, but I, I, I do see them doing the quinto partido because odds are they're gonna get an accessible team in that next round, and then um, they should win an extra game that they had in before, and then who knows. 48 countries, that is quite a bit. And I covered the the uh, friendly on Sunday over here in San Jose, uh, Guatemala versus Panama. It was about 99% Chapinas out there. 
And I was I was Damn. looking at both of these countries. I know Panama, you know, they qualified in 2018 yeah. and it was a it was the first time they had ever qualified and it was a big deal for them. And Guatemala, I don't know, have they ever qualified for a World Cup? No, they never have. And uh, Central American teams to have gone to the World Cup, Costa Rica, Honduras, and El Salvador. Wow. I saw a familiar face, Joel. I saw Flaco Tena. Nice. In the sidelines, huh? Yeah. I actually uh, have photos of him when Chivas came out here to play in Sacramento. Back when he was coaching yeah. uh, Chivas. Then he got canned. But um, glad to see a, a Mexican amongst what was like a, like a 99% <laughs> Chepin crowd out there. And yeah. who knows, you know, maybe he can get them to the, at least the qual like the, the final, it's, it's not a hex anymore, right? It's a, like octagonal. Okay. But you know, this is the thing. Um, um, US, Canada, and Max already qualified. Yeah. So off the bat, you're getting rid of the three strongest teams right now in the region. So mm -hmm. that opens up possibilities. And it's what, three more tickets that... That Concacaf will have. They have three, three to fight for, yeah. Three. So I mean, I, I do think it's strong possibility that we will see a new, a new team because I mean the other teams they can still be strong. Panama, Jamaica, um, a lot of those teams, oh, like Honduras, they they've been to the World Cup. Well, uh, I think they can get to the to the at least like the final qualifying stage, right? Yeah, no, but I'm saying there's there's that they have a fighting chance mm -hmm. that they don't have to face those those other top three, you know, the top three teams. Um, I still wouldn't rank them above the teams I mentioned, and I think one thing that's been against them is I would say the the physical. You know, yeah, like Honduras, Costa Rica, man, they, they even Jamaica, you know, they, they, they have some really physical, really tall, strong players. Mm -hmm. At this Chapinas, man, they're, they're pretty short, and that's, yeah, you know, the games become more well physical. <laughs> it's just, you know, we, we grew up watching our, our, our goalkeepers being 5'8, uh, Campos, Larios, yeah. Iwasaki, Conejo. All of those are five eight, and you don't even see that in League IMX anymore. They're all six foot and above. It's all that um, um Clembutro. Clembutro. <laughs> no, it's just how the game has changed. Uh, so I don't know. Did did you see any like compared to Panama? How how'd you Man how'd, I would you rate the Guate squad? I felt tall. And uh <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But, you know, it's crazy because Guatemala actually brought, like, their A-side. And Panama took, like, under 23s. Oh. And they were winning, too, man. They were winning. They were up 1-0. And, and in the end, uh, Guatemala got lucky. They got they got a, they caught a break. They got a penalty. And they ended up tying the match. But I'm over here. You know, I take photos, and I try to tag the players. Bro, nobody from Panama is on Instagram. These dudes are yeah. these dudes are probably still rocking Nokia phones out there, bro. Like I, <laughs> like I couldn't. They're all off the grid, bro. I'm like, dude, I cannot find out. I couldn't even find one player 
that was on I. I found one player out of the the roster. I found one player that was on IG. I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah, it was a pretty cool experience. Um, and I, I'm looking at the third round of the 2022 Concacaf like qualifying. Right, it was Canada, Mexico, USA in that order. So you take away mm-hmm. those. You take away those three. You still have Costa Rica, Panama, Jamaica, El Salvador, and Honduras. So, you know, I I do think maybe they could get into at least like the the second or third round, um, in the qualifying in Concacaf. We'll see. They just don't have a goal scorer like Pescarito Reese. You know, I think that was like the last well known Guatemalan player. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, they had a couple. Man. I think going back to the 90s, uh-huh. they tied, I think they tied Brazil, but they played Brazil and it was a very good game. I mean, that was their World Cup, dude. That was their World Cup final. <laughs> you know? And they, they were just balls to the wall, man. <clears throat> and I one had, I can't remember the names, dude. It's been that long. They're like in my mind, but. They had like two or three players that used to stand out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but then they, it's interesting, like what they like, we should bring in someone like a Wate fan because they seem to self destruct. They seem to have one of the better leagues in Central America. And even then, it's like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to help them. (laughs) You had instead like, Panama, you know, you had Panama and they come in, but I mean, Panama did have that advantage where they have these physically gifted players. Oh yeah, man, they're fast. <laughs> and then, and they're just, you know, stone throw away from Colombia. And that's where they are very smart to do that, where they would send players to Colombia, mm. lower leagues and all that. And also bring in a lot of Colombian coaches and whatnot. And that helped them a lot. And they're like, I think culturally they're not that far apart, you know. Yeah. Panama, Colombia, yeah. Um, so that helped them a lot. Um, but I don't know, man. You would think they might have reached out to Max. They kind of have, if you think about it, because you look at their league now. They have a lot of like Max coaches. Mm-hmm. Um. So who knows? Who knows? But I mean, you always have to like kind of take advantage of who's who's close by and like try to you know you you see it in Europe and even in like South America where it's like Chile would bring in like a bunch of Argentines or you know Peru with a lot of Brazilians and whatnot to like you know try to help improve or make their programs I wonder if we could convince uh, Guli Peña to do a a cantina special with us, you know. We can probably throw him some forties, and he he probably do it because he he played out there. He played in Guatemala, and he also played in um. He did in uh, El Salvador and in Isn't Scotland. Huh? Just just down everywhere. He's in in Qatar right now. He played in Honduras. Now he's in uh, United Arab Emirates. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. Oh, shit. He's uh, getting some good coin. We have uh, Ray Roscoe wanted to chat in. Maybe he has something to say. Maybe he's Guatemalan. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. No, 
No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? Welcome to the show. I love this show, guys. I, I, I listen to oh, the podcast all the time. On uh, I'm normally working these hours, but I have off. So I actually get to interact with you guys. Oh, wow. Awesome, you guys man. are oh, awesome good. people. And uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm a Chivas fan. <laughs> don't hate me, you know. So like, Say less. <laughs> yep. And uh, uh, I got a lot of stuff I want to say, but I, I don't I don't think I can. Uh, but uh, I I'm just very happy that they're very competitive without one of their best players going into the classical. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm going to call it a super classical because when I was a kid, that's what they would call it, yep. super classical. They didn't call it classical national. You know what I'm saying? They call it class super classical. Uh, I, my Spanish sucks. <laughs> it's Be all honest. good. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm being honest. Uh, uh, but uh, it's crazy because uh, all my Mexican friends tell me all the time, how can you watch so much Spanish language television as a kid and your Spanish be that bad? <laughs> I know every. I, I tell them. I tell them I would watch the Chivas games on Telemundo, you know, on Univision, on Univision, uh-huh. on, uh, on Univision, on Univision. Uh, uh, and then I watched Pablo Gigante. I watched, Ooh. you know, and I would watch what you call it, the Johnny Canales show. My mom was a waitress. Oh, at snap. A Mexican You're taking it old school. You know, you know what I'm saying? My mom, my mom would, and we, we, we were, we were too dumb to figure out how to set the recorder. Cause you, you could set a recorder in the VCR without mm. the TV being on. Yeah. And it would record the show. I, I never figured it out, for the record. I, I knew you could, but I was never able to. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> tricky. We were, you know, we were too dumb. But they would re-show the Johnny Canales show late at night. So we, we recorded it late at night and for my mom. You know, and, uh, and see, but I uh, see how much I love you guys. You know what I'm saying? This is really country. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wait, like, where, where are you? Where are you at? Like... Well, uh, where, where uh, I, I'm Tejano, technically. That's what you know. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, from Texas. Because yeah, yeah. that, that's Johnny Canales. Is yeah, is the right, Texas? Yeah. What you call it? Uh, I'm I'm actually from Milwaukee. Okay. Oh. My mom's from Milwaukee too, and uh, I'm a third generation Mexican American. My my grandfather used to play the accordion. He used to play all the all. Oh wow. I love it. Like you know, what I'm saying, hi guy. Uh, there's a great documentary. I don't know if you guys ever saw it. Uh, Chula from Paris. It's two gringos who go down to the border and back in the 1980s. It's a great documentary. And uh, I, I I had the DVD and I had the director's, the director's cut. One of the things I love the most is like, they said, we, we went interviewed, we went to Mexico City and we interviewed uh the Sony executives at at uh in Mexico City, and they's like, why why do you guys want to do a documentary about Mexican hillbilly music? 
We want to we want to produce stuff like Julio Iglesias. You know, that's what we produce this stuff because it sells in America. Mm. To me, that's a Mexican music. See, that's why I love. That's why I love Chivas. Pe- people, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Man- Manchester United and Liverpool. Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard. You know, Stephen Gerrard and Wayne Rooney. I'm sorry, Stephen Gerrard and Wayne Rooney. Ever in over a hundred years, nobody from Liverpool or Manchester played in that rivalry. Wow, oh. you know, what you call it? Real Madrid, first time ever this year, yeah, without, without, a, without a Spaniard. Yeah, times are changing. Um, I- to me, this is that, that's that's what makes Chivas, that's what makes Chivas. It, it's not a nationalism perspective, it's a local perspective. Tradition. Yeah. yeah. That's what I always try to tell people. And the crazy part is because I have white people who come up to me all the time. And they say, Oh, I don't like Chivas because they play uh play Mexican players. Mm-hmm. And I say, Well, do you watch League IMX? And I tell them, right, well, well, are you a Club America fan? And and I tell them all the time, uh so if we bought a foreign player my team probably not <laughs> yeah uh, you know, it's a thing no, that always gets right. brought up yeah you're right it was soccer was very regional so the players right. were from from the actual they right. were like if it was manchester yeah. the players were from manchester uh and and then slowly became where you know united nations now you had teams and players from all over the world right. and that wasn't the case because for a lot of right. years it was yeah. they had like a like a limit just yeah. three or right. four foreigners, and now like you said it's it's the whole squad now. Right. And, and what I always tell people is, what a foreign player, no, that the Vergara family can produce a quality team. You know what I'm saying? We can be a shitty team like Pumas and buy, you know what I'm saying, like and buy foreign players, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying, like, and they're in the heart of Mexico. You know what I'm saying, like they're yeah, a poor team. You know what I'm saying, like, uh, and so in that aspect, that's why I, you know what I'm saying, I I used to I used to do the Mexican dance as a kid. You know what I'm saying, I used to do Bailo de Flor Coast. Oh, awesome. As a kid. Yep, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was tradition. Well, we did. My, her, my mom did it. Yeah. We all did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so uh, it's cultural. To me, it's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And uh, a lot of people don't look at it that way, and I don't understand that perspective and I know I, I know when it comes from, but see and this is I got this great story man what you call it up I was in Cancun Mexico and I wore my Chivas jersey and the bartender was an America fan and he said so I'm not serving you I'm not serving you <laughs> right? <Yep. laughs> right and uh he served me, you know what I'm saying? And then, uh, and then uh, 
And then um, woman who just threw up in front of me, the bartender overserved her. New Chivas jersey at the time. And the guy who's cleaning the throw up says, Es una nueva camisa de America, uh, de Chivas. Es una nueva camisa de Chivas. Si. Sí. It's a new jersey. New jersey. And the uh, guy who's cleaning the throw up is the Chivas fan. It, it touched me. I ain't gonna lie. I almost wanted to cry. <laughs> me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I listened to, uh, to, uh, what, what, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy from San Diego. He used to be on the show all the time, the America fan. Johnny? Yeah. Johnny Rico. Yeah, Rico. Yeah, Johnny Rico. He said, he said, they're all a bunch of, they're all a bunch, he was fans, they're all a bunch of hicks from, uh, uh, <laughs> from uh, Mitchell Khan. <laughs> but guess what, man? To me, collar worker, Mexican, these high rising. Yeah. I'm gonna leave. You, I'm gonna leave you at this. I'm gonna tell you my joke in Spanish. A ver. ¿Sabes por qué Club América no ganando de campeonato el año pasado? ¿Por qué? Yo fui para una casa de curandero con una bruja también. Yo tengo un bacalote en una mano, un rosario en la otra mano. La tresta del mismo cuento repita, sana, sana, colita de rana. No ganando mañana. <laughs> thanks, guys. Hey, awesome. thanks, man. Thanks for hopping on. And uh, we appreciate all of our listeners, man. So, uh, well, hopefully we'll we'll get you a dub on on the weekend. Have a, that way we have some bragging rights for the for next week. Um, but a great segue into the the classico. I did want to bring up a point about how much shit has changed since I was a kid, and I think it has to do with the passing of Jorge Vergara. I think he brought a little bit of. Uh, rivalry back into the classico with like the bets and the shit talking and now in 2023 yeah now in 2023 (laughs) man we had a podcast that was hosted by chivas and henry martin was on there and they're over here like respecting each other and oh you know which player from america would you like to you know would chivas like to have and what player from chivas would america like to have and and talk about like who your biggest idols you think are for for each club. I'm like, where's the shit talking, man? Like, I want them to start talking shit. And you're a freaking drug addict, and you're probably taking steroids. And you, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want I want them I to be making fun of Henry Martin's got ten goals, and he doesn't show up for the national team. And come on, man, like, where's where's the fight, man? It's not, and you're right. They used to be. They used to do interviews and. They used to throw shade, you know, back and forth, and things would get heat up. And you could tell sometimes if it got to a player during the match, because then they would start, like, you know, going hard on each other or, you know, almost throwing hands. You would see, like, even, like, the bench rush into the field, and they would have to, like, separate them. Yeah. Um, And we saw some of this 
what you're talking about this this buddy buddy system uh with when uh Oribe Peralta was at Chivas and it's after the match and they're in, where were they caught in the tunnel? They're just cracking jokes or something. Yeah. And and <laughs> and yeah, this, you're right. It's it's lost some of it, and that that was part of it too. The um, the directiva was the one that would not allow you. Uh, they would even a lot of times they would not even allow you to exchange shirts after the match. Yeah, now they're like, somos seres humanos, y tienes que. Acordarte que uh, al fin del día, you know, somos compañeros en la selección. I'm like, bro, fuck that, man. <laughs> At least make up some drama and, like, you know, make it a little bit interesting. You know how they do with, like, the fights when there's not really much of a rivalry. Like, I remember uh, to make things spicy, it was uh, Sugar Shane Mosley and um, Ricardo Mayorga, who's always been, like, a clown, right? And I guess, yeah. I, I guess Ricardo Mayorga like slapped her, like his the the other guy's ass, like the wife. And then Damn. And he's like, "I want you to beat his behind on Saturday." He's like, "Yeah, baby, don't worry, I will." I'm like, even if that was like scripted, like, come on, bro, I want to see like, I want to see a rivalry. I don't want to see this buddy buddy holding hands and and you know stop the yeah. violence. Like, nah, bro, like you need to be, oh, you need to talk some I shit. I saw just a bit of the clip where they asked Martin, like, what do you think of Tinguzman? And he said, es un crack. Hey. And I was like, he should have said, es un, es un crackhead. You know, <laughs> he's just lucky to be here. <laughs> he, he should be in this, in this uh, Narcotics Anonymous meeting. Um, but I, you just said it, uh, stop the violence. And I think that's that's been the main reason or some of the stuff that's gotten out of hand, especially with um Queretaro and Atlas. Yes, and Atlas, which is which is what thing it was just the anniversary a few days oh, ago. Um happy anniversary. Okay. <laughs> unhappy, but but yeah, that's it. We we you know, just the country has had all that violence because of the you know the the narcos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so it was for a while where they, they kind of contained it, but you were seeing like the Barra Bravas, the ultras, you know, they would just outside of the stadium and they'll start throwing hands. Oh, yep. And which is nothing wrong, you know, <laughs> if it's just that, because that's like, you know, sometimes you just, some people are into that, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. your own UFC, you're just getting in a scrap. And whatnot. Um, I don't know if you've seen this movie. It's pretty good. Uh, it's called Green Street Hooligans. I've heard of it, and I've it's never. It's with Mr. Frodo. Yeah. Uh, you, I think you'll like it. Uh, but it's kind of. It, yeah. It it goes a bit into the, but I don't think it's in there anymore either in England where they used to have a lot of problems with hooligans, and that was like their gangs. And so that was like it was a problem in the Euros, dude. When England hosted, it was a problem. Oh, wait, recently? Yeah, the the last Euro, man, when they lost to Italy and shit, that was a big. There was a oh, lot of hooliganism, I, yeah. But no, but back then was like you know. Yeah, it's probably more extreme. It was kind, 
Well, it was constant and it was like, you know, all the time during the league games and all that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of dwells a little bit into that. It's, it's not, I know there's some documentaries. I, I've never seen them, but, but it, they used to be such a big thing. But, but like one thing you do see from the movie, which is a lot of times, you know, it was just putazos and it's like, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, some people like that, you know, it's like that the fight club where they would meet up just to throw, just to throw <laughs> hands and then, and you, which, and you know, it's, um, the only thing is that things tend to get out of hand sometimes and then it, it could turn really violent for, you know, weapons and people getting really hurt. But, um, so Mex was kind of seeing that you were kind of seeing that, you know, and and yeah, it was starting to get out of hand just because, again, because of the narcos, which is I think that's that was a big thing that happened with with Querétaro not last because Querétaro was a club that has had ties to to. Uh, I don't know which cartel, but they've used the club to launder money. Oh. And I don't know if you remember, I forgot how many years ago it was, the Liga MX said, oh, we're cutting down from from the number of teams. Mm-hmm. And they, they got rid of, uh, I think it was, was it Irapato? It was Querétaro was one of the teams. And they got rid of them because that team was being used. And then um, they ended up coming back. But but that's one of the things that for a long time was was tied to that. And Atlas was before um, Irarragorri mm-hmm. and company took over. I think they were, you know, I think had been infiltrated. And that's when we saw the whole scandal with Rafa Marquez, right? Yeah, he got where, tied up in all that. Yeah. He was tied there. I'm not saying through the club, but I'm saying it's it's kind of connected a lot of times. Uh, and he was at the club, and and um, you know, big big. Also, in my opinion, big reason why they didn't when the Gordy Group takes over, they don't even want him there. They're like, nope. Yeah. Um. So, but I mean, who knows if if there still are because. They've gotten pretty savvy about it, where they're more business-like now. Um, where was I going with this, Jaime? I was going to make a pretty good point. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and that's a big reason for the whole not having promotion relegation, because a lot of the teams were being taken over or, or having a lot of influence from cartels. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier to regulate the league and the owners and all that if it's just that set group because that's you know it's it's been well documented like you could you could find a lot of examples of like um owners or or i i think there was some the players from i think yeah the Querétaro from back then said the way they would pay them was like a like a black suv used to pull up and they yeah the players had to go into the truck and they'll pay them inside, and they'll pay them cash. Super sketch. <laughs> El Mencho. Imagine, imagine having that as oh your boss. God. Have you seen? What is it? Is it the guy that's um talking shit to the police chief? You you seen that clip? No. The police chief's like, "Who's this?" And it's like, "It's El Mencho. You 
fucking idiot. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. starts talking mad shit. So he meant your way. Starts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He starts apologizing. And he's like, I played that clip on here I, before. Yeah. <laughs> I could just imagine that. It's not, none of the players are going to complain, dude. That's your boss. Or like, hey, they haven't paid you in three weeks. I'm like, well, fuck it, dude. Yeah. Bringing it back to El Clásico, I can I have a few theories as to why it's lost its luster, why it's lost its spark. Uh, we've obviously talked about like the first one, you know, with the whole narco violence and you know trying to keep everything peaceful in Liga Mekis. But I think the two reason, the two big reasons why this Super Clásico has sort of lost its luster. Number one, and this is the big one, the protagonist and the antagonist. We just don't have those characters anymore we don't have a bofo we don't have a cautemo we don't have an osvaldo we don't have like a you know those players that represented the club and would give us a little bit of extra you know what i mean we don't we don't have those players right now they they just don't exist yeah. and and it's because you know kind of like how um ray osco ray Oro, ah, i can't even say it ray orozco had mentioned how you know, these players that are representing the club now, they may, may not even come from, like, from the region anymore. You know, at, at least with Chivas, you know, they're still bringing in, you know, refer, you know, Fuerzas Basicas, players from Guadalajara and all that. But for America, I mean, they, they buy most of their talent, you know, so, like, the rivalries, no se siente, you know, because they've been traveling through other clubs in the world and, you know, they don't really understand the significance of, of this rivalry. Yeah, you're right. You you just you don't have players that like the ones you mentioned or that have been with the club long enough, and it's it's a big deal to them because they also grew up with that. That that yeah, that's that's been lacking. I felt for a couple of years the whole um, America Cruz Azul was more intense rivalry, and even I'm gonna say it, Monterrey Tigres. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for Chivas, it's been with Atlas also. That that was that's Chivas original classical. Yeah. So in this, um, Ray Orozco was talking about super classical, mm -hmm. and that was kind of to differentiate. I differentiate. I can't say it. I'm, I'm too paisa. The difference, you know, to yeah. to make that difference because well, it's Televisa, right? And so it's like, well, how can we make this rivalry, the the main ones, and let's just call it the super one. But the Chivas Atlas goes far back. You know, there there's like a derby, they're crosstown rivals. They even crosstown, they share the stadium. Yeah, they share the stadium. They're like, <laughs> for a lot of for a long time. So that was the that was the big classical for Chivas, and it's it still is. Uh, but then America, of course, they they took they took center stage. And so then it was, it, it, and yeah, it, it is, obviously, even if they used that name, it did become it because, you know, those were the two more popular teams, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's the other obvious, you know, the obvious one, but it wasn't always the case. Like they, it wasn't always the case. So, uh, it, you know, ultimately it gets to that point where then you don't need, you know, you don't gotta like to kick it now. It's yeah. It's it's these these are you know truly the bigger the the team with the most fans. Um, 
So Damn, the, the other the other point I was gonna say. So again, lack of like characters or protagonists uh, within the squads right now. And the other one, and this is more of a Chivas problem, is that we've been we've been sucking it up for such a long time that it hasn't really been much of a of a fight. You know what I mean? And it's it's taken yeah. a, it's taken a while for Chivas to get to the point where they are now, where they're actually relevant in the league and they look like they're competitive. And that's I think that's been the biggest thing is is holding it back. Obviously, America has been in much better form uh, in recent years. So now that we we have the team sort of at, at the same level, uh, I would say Chivas right now are probably at a at a better level than America. Now it's it, this seems like a promising you know matchup on on the weekend uh, uh, compared to other years where you know we were not doing so well. Yeah, I just think it's it's you know you see a little of that which was inconsistency because that match with Tena we were just talking about Tena so we're bringing her back around and it was the Copa por Mexico and it was a four three, you know. Yeah, that was probably really one of the most entertaining point. matches in a while for Chivas America, at least. Yeah, big win for Chivas there. And and then, you know, they end up, since then, they've had like four other coaches. <laughs> now we have Pau going into his very first Clásico, um, Super Clásico. So, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, it's that, that also adds to what you're saying where it starts – Losing some of that luster because even even coaches would sometimes you know throw throw some fuel to the fire. Yeah, absolutely. That's another thing too. When it comes to like characters and protagonists, like having a, a strong coach with a loud mouth, uh, that yeah, actually cool. helps. <laughs> yeah, man, exactly. <laughs> and another thing too that we're, we're probably never going to see again is controversy when it comes to refereeing now you have var right and back in the day like hey i'm not gonna lie i'm not proud of this but one of my favorite moments was uh one of my favorite classicals was uh chivas uh playing america in el azteca and it was a back and forth match ramon morales like had a penalty kick scored one that had another one missed it and it was back and forth, back and forth. Chivas ended up like having the lead, and then in, in the very last minutes of the match, last seconds actually, there was a chance for America to, to tie up the game. And Reynoso, with both his hands, blocked the ball from going into the net, and and they they got away with it. We got away with it, man. It was like the most it was the most controversial like shit ever, and everybody knew that it was a handball. But back then there was no VAR, so you know. They let it slide, and uh, it, it was one of my favorite classicals of all time. You, you don't have those anymore. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you I think both of your points uh, go hand in hand as far as, like, no antagonist and, you know, hero, thing like that. It speaks to the fact, like you said, Chivas has been booty cheeks. So how are you going <laughs> to have an antagonist in Chivas, you know? America has had the players, you know, when Oribe Peralta was killing it. Yeah. Even with uh, Henry Martin, Chucho Benitez, rest in peace. But the whole time, it's like, it always felt as a Chivas fan is like, all right, let's see if we can upset them. Everyone's hoping, everyone's thinking they're going to smoke us. Let's pull off the upset. It was never like a clash of, you know, Titan versus Titan, heavyweight versus heavyweight. So, yeah, I think they both go in hand and also... 
You know, we're in that cancel culture now. Uh-huh. They don't want the players to say anything. Uh-oh. They might come off promoting violence because then if the fans get in a the fight, they're going to blame it on the team. I see, yeah. yeah. And I think they're also trying to go the more professional route. Like, this whole week, all the events they're doing is giving me, like, Super Bowl vibes, you know? Yeah. Like, because I think they're trying to go that professional route into uh, on the marketing, maybe spread the brand in the sense, and which mm-hmm. I think that will help. You know, if you want the Clásico to be on the same level as a River, Boca, Madrid, Barca, that marketing, you're really going to need it, and uh, violence doesn't help. Because if you look at the other Clásicos outside of South America, most of them are pretty chill. Yeah. You don't see Manchester United. Hey, what Liverpool did to Liverpool Manchester play. was not chill at all, 7-0. No, no I understand, <laughs> yeah, but, but you don't see him really talking shit before the week. Or yeah. During the, yeah. The only shit I've seen Liverpool talk is to Madrid, and they always come up short. Well, I mean, what's Casemiro going to talk about Liverpool, bro? He's not even from there, you know? So it's like they're, like uh, Ray Orozco had mentioned, you know, these players are not from there anymore. You know, they're not they're not Scousers and Manx anymore. It's 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 globalized. The the one, yeah, the one, are, yeah. In, well, just really quick, and even in Europe, they priced out a lot of these hooligan groups. You know, because they used to have like cheap seats or sections for them, and they pretty much priced them out, and it's just very expensive. So you don't really have these fans that would like the rowdy ones going, you know, on on the weekly. Now they did when they could afford a ticket. Now they're stuck somewhere. Who knows in what seat? Nowhere near their mates. Yeah, those fans shouldn't be allowed. I mean, you want like rowdiness, like you know the chants. Insulting the other keepers, calling him a, you know, a pole dancer, his mother a pole dancer, whatever you want to do. But we're to the point where it's no longer a family event, and like you got to go by yourself with other men. You can't like go with the wife, the kids. At that point, you don't want that either. I mean, you want like shit talking, but still within somewhat of a healthy environment, not where people can go out and take their anger. Or because you know, you remember La Barras. Most of them wouldn't yeah. watch the game. Yeah. They'd be like, with their back to the field. They'd be talking shit. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what are you guys doing, man? Well, they're, they're holding a flag, and they're yeah. like, you can't see shit. Or they have the flares with all the smoke, and you really can't see anything. Uh, and then they're all shit-faced because they've been drinking <laughs> two hours before the game. Yeah. I remember, like, every time there'd be a, a Clásico out here in the Bay Area, whether it was in the... Packbell Park or San Jose or Oakland, like if you went to those games and and I went to those games as a kid, like you better be ready to square up, dude, because there would always be fights breaking out, always, 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 always. It's like you just had to be ready. You had to be <laughs> you ready to fight. Even as a kid, bro, you had to like just just be ready. Like you talk shit, you're gonna get punched. It's easy as that. Yeah, man. I, I, I agree with you. I, I like, you know, football and like the whole family thing. But, man, I think there's something about that whole when it's like violence and, and that whole aspect of danger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to live it once. I got like, I got, um, I went to see uh, Boca Juniors versus Argentino Juniors. Oh, shit. And it was at the, it was at the Diego Maradona Stadium. Uh, so Argentinos uh, 
they were home and I didn't know, you know, I, I thought it was like, you know, I'm being all pocho. I'm thinking it's like right here in the U.S. that you just walk up to the, to the gate and you could buy tickets at the, yeah. you know, <laughs> it wasn't like that. Um, so I'm walking through the street trying to, I've never been to that stadium and I just saw people walking. So I'm with my friend and we're walking and it's through just because the stadium is right in the neighborhood. So you have just fucking houses and then the stadium just right there. That's crazy. You know? And that's the, that's the other thing I forgot, you know, that these are the old stadiums that are just in the neighborhood. You kind of see it with some of these old baseball stadiums, right? Just in, in England too, for sure. When I was in England, yeah. like Liverpool and like Anfield and stuff, it's like literally in the yeah. heart of the city. Yeah. And just turn the street and it's right there. And here in the US, we're used to where it's like there's like massive parking lots. So there's like all this shit. Like it, you know, it's a whole big ass area. Kind of that kind of isolated. Uh, but this stadium was like that, and 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 I got to the to this block where. There was police, um, like kind of like a riot squad with mm-hmm. the big shields, and they weren't letting no one pass. Like you had to show a ticket. Yeah. And and I was like, the the police told me that. Do you need a ticket to pass? And I was like, shit. Well, where can I buy one? And he's like, you need to buy, pretty much buy it from one of those guys scalping. <laughs> so there was a dude selling. He was like, um. He was like a hooligan dude, one of the, you know, looked all sketch with some weird tats and all that. And he was selling tickets to some, it was like some Chinese guys. It was a group <laughs> of like, they were, they were like five Chinese dudes. They were decked out in Boca stuff, dude, head to toe. And what this dude selling like, yeah, they were tourists. You should have took a photo, like, bro. That's fucking crazy. He was, he was, dude, he was. Like overcharging them, and I was like, "Oh fuck, dude!" And he came, he gave me a cheaper price. Hell yeah! I guess he felt, I guess he felt they must have money, you know. Especially they got all this fresh gear. But that fucking ticket, I'm like, "What the fuck, dude? Did you have this buried in the in, the, in your backyard?" Ticket looked all fucked up, man. And um, and I'm thinking, is this shit even gonna work? But it, it did, dude. It it actually did work. So. I mean, unknowingly, I bought a ticket that if this guy's selling it, so they give tickets to the to the barras, uh-huh. so that they could be their own section. And so a lot of these guys sell tickets. I guess if people aren't going or they have extra, and that's how they make some money. Uh... And so, so I didn't know. So I mean, I I'm stuck, and now I have to sit in the Boca section with all these like. But these were like low lives, dude. They weren't even. I'm not saying it to talk shit. Like you could straight tell they were like kind of like thuggish. And uh so you still far going to the stadium, but by this point, dude, it's all police escort. There's fucking police. And like, it feels like we're being um like when they're herding cattle, dude. And <laughs> yeah. it's all like fenced up. And we're going through the tunnel. And dude, it's like everyone's just like squeezed in there, dude. Damn. And I'm gonna get a, I get a little of that, you know, I'm gonna get crushed here, dude. And um, and this was the one that was kind of felt weird. Once like, once I exited the tunnel, 
the way this section was because it's not seats it's like those like the long benches not even benches it's just like the fucking cement (laughs) (laughs) it's like a quad like a a high school quad huh yeah and and then it was steep it was steep so when I looked up, dude, it just looked like they're gonna fucking fall on you. They're all fucking jumping up and down. Oh, it looks like they're gonna... And so I was like, fucking, you, you can't sit, dude. I've been walking for a long ass time. There's just a bunch of fucking dudes right there. And yeah, a couple of times, dude, it did feel like I was gonna fall because there's a lot of like pushing. And then there was the other thing. I was like, I knew that this would happen sometimes. Like, they, if they saw you were from there, they could jack you. They could just steal from you. Yeah. And they're jumping up and down. So you have a group start jumping up and down and they just start going through your pockets. And there's like 10 people. What are you going to do? You could throw hands, but you're going to get stomped. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. Dude. <laughs> I was just, how, hey, how it's part of la aventura, man. That's what I, anytime I'm in a sketchy like situation, I'm like, it's part of la aventura, you know? It's going to make a great story <laughs> one of these days. Yeah, the game sucks. So the more... It was the atmosphere and the whole fucking what the fuck is going on here type of shit. And that was like, that made it fun. Yeah. I I had to go through that when I was in Italy, uh, you know, Maradona Stadium, uh, Napoli Stadium. Uh, Napoli. I had a, they wouldn't sell you tickets unless you were a season ticket holder. And I was lucky enough to get one from a scalper. And yeah, man, it's like, they expect you to be part of like the the crowd and you have to be in it you have to stand up you have to do all the you know i was trying to like fit in or whatever um happened, <laughs> happened to me too in the north in genoa it was same thing the there's two teams in genoa there's, there's genoa and Sampdoria, and i know Sampdoria from um what was it the uh where they call him the the, the ponytail the golden ponytail or roberto Barjo? yeah roberto Barjo. yeah that's how i know Sampdoria. So right. I was like, damn, you know, while I'm here, I got to go check it out. And same thing, dude. Like, they, you couldn't just go up there and buy tickets. You had to, like, know somebody or you had to be a season ticket holder. So, you know, it was very cool experiences. And, dude, they don't fuck around, man. <laughs> Especially when it's, like, um, I went to a Champions League match, Roma versus Bayer Leverkusen, and, like, they put all the German fans in one section, and they were not allowed to leave the stadium until all the other fans left. Like, they saved them. For last, because like they know, bro. Like <laughs> they're waiting outside. They have to get on a bus and like get escorted out, dude. Because like, fuck, they'll throw hands, they'll, they'll bum rush them. You know, it's like, it's like a thousand fans versus like forty thousand. You know, it's like it's not even fair. So yeah, it was pretty, <laughs> pretty crazy. But um, yeah, we'll see if this classical lives up to the hype. You know, I think this this season looks pretty promising. Uh, it would have been nice to have Alexis Vega. We don't know if he's going to show up and play. We don't know if he's healthy enough. I, I wouldn't, like, rush it, you know, especially after what happened to Macias. I, I'm totally okay with him sitting out if it means, you know, he's not going to get hurt immediately. As far as, like, who I'd want in my lineup, I want Poyo. I want Poyo, man. Maybe he can take out another America fa- uh, player, you know? <laughs> You want him celebrating tackles? Bro, he took out Gio's <laughs> freaking thigh, man. And he hasn't... Still, he retired his ass. <laughs> he's, he has that phantom. You know, like when the shark bites someone's leg off and they say they have phantom limbs. They feel like the leg's still... 
He feels he has a chunk. It's bad, Damn. bro. Yeah, it's bad. Um, kind of want to talk about Alejandro Zendejas. Not a big deal, but today he finally announced his decision that he will be suiting up for the men's national team, the, the U.S. men's national team. We had talked about it a couple hey, episodes ago. Dude, they have no coach. How do they convince them? What do they tell them? I don't know. You know I, I, if you're making a decision, supposedly um, Coca talked to him. Really? So he got to talk, yeah. So he got to talk to one coach mm-hmm. who, who talked to him on the other end, dude. It was, it was uh, Federativo. Like, can they even, you know? They have like they an even, interim, no? I don't even know. It's so like, hey, I will guarantee you ten games or something. I think, I mean, let's be realistic, right? If he's looking to get into the 2026 World Cup, his best chance is with the the U.S. team. I, I don't see him, as far as the depth chart, he's not even, con- I, I, I wouldn't even consider him for the national team, for the Mexican national team. Who, who would you put ahead of him? Well, he's a winger, right? So we have your usual suspects, right? You have Tecatito, you have Chucky. And then from there, you have the Liga Mekis. You know, you have uh, Antuna and, and Piojo Alvarado. So those are like kind of like the four that I would pick over Sendejas. Uh, unless he can play another yeah. position. But so you're just hoping there's an injury. One of those guys isn't going to make it. So there's always injuries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the, there, there's also the possibility that you have a Linus, you know, or uh Marcelo Flores. I mean, you don't know. There, a lot can happen in the next like three years. So, I would I would put Sendejas a lot closer than Flores. Oh yeah, Flores, for sure. Flores, dude, would, <laughs> is he still number twenty? I have no idea, dog. I know he was in Spain and he was he couldn't even get minutes there, and now I have no idea. I was sold, dude. That. Uh... The L3 fans sold me on this dude. The hype machine. It's just because he played for Arsenal, man. Let's be real. He was doing good with his 20s as well. It's not like he was doing trash. He was scoring Mm -hmm. and assisting. Yeah, but but under 20s, never like, you know, especially if you're like, okay, so if you're 18, 19, and you're still with the under 20s, I, it's like you you could look at all the top players the, the really you know good players they're already in the first team yeah, yeah, a lot of them starters saying that he's gonna be elite but you know there's also a bunch of 20 year olds that are in the under 20s and no one knows who they are they're not excelling whatsoever yeah, so they're, like, they're, they're... it's more like he's Mexican and he's excelling in the Arsenal U20s or where you want to be, like like Ness, same thing on the first team and not get any minutes for five years? Uh, but I bet like Ness would also excel at the Betis on the 20s. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> he would be like their leading goal scorer. Looking like Ness, I don't even know if he would ball out in the Arsenal U20s right now. <laughs> yeah. Linus got a scolding from Zignac and everybody was trying to blow it up. But, you know, it's just drama. Yeah. They gotta chill out on Gignac. Uh, he needs to chill out. He's acting like king of the world all of a sudden. Uh, but it's his um, team. Yeah, it's his team. He makes the rules. He makes the decisions. 
you can clearly tell. Uh, not just like Ness, he also like what's the other guy, Quinones? Mm-hmm. He's always cagando his palo también. Like if he messes up on the pass or doesn't feed him the ball, mm-hmm. he's like it. You gotta respect what he does on the field, Gignac, and what he's done number wise. But I don't know if I'd be a big fan of playing with him. Yeah, it's kind of like how Chicharito became after Real Madrid after his 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 stint there. He became this like crazy ego maniac. And you saw it a lot in um, Leverkusen, you know, because he started to score a lot of goals. He felt like he was the hot shot and he was starting to like yell at his teammates and he became like a locker room problem. And uh, same thing on Galaxy. I heard he's like a locker room problem. So. He's uh, he's like, he feels like he's gaming now. Like when he's not, he's, <laughs> He's playing Modern Warfare and, and talking shit on the... Yeah. Well, your mental coach cucks you and gets your girl pregnant, so you got to take the anger out on someone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know, man. That is a home record right there. Yeah, so also, also with the U.S. team, uh, I think this is a sort of a cautionary tale. Do not let your dad... Speak up for you, bro. Oh, my God. Claudio Reina speaking up and putting Gio's name in the mud. And there was a report that came out, a 40-page document about the incident. And it's just like, bro, this is this is crazy. This is like a novella, man. Yeah, his parents just made him look like a little bitch. Because like, you know, like, <laughs> even from the U-17 World Cups, they were saying that they were complaining about his playing time and things like that, and that the dad would consistently like text uh, coaches and uh, directivos, and then he would call to apologize and vent. So it was just like somebody that you didn't want to have around. And it's like, who is this guy? But same thing with uh, what's his face uh, from America, Sendejas. I don't think Mexico's missing out on anything. I think he fit well into that America system. I think he's like above average. But I think the biggest concern would be for Mexico if it's 2026 and we're like, oh, wow, we did not get Sendejas. We screwed up. It would mean we're doing terrible then. Sendejas, honestly, I talk shit on like Ness, but I see like Ness more talented than Sendejas. A lot more talented. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I don't think we're missing out on anything. No. And I think Sendejas, same thing. If he wants to play with them, he's going to need to get called to. He's going to need to go over MLS or Europe. Because, you know, he was doing well with America, and he wasn't getting praise from the American media. Because And then looking like Jordan Morris up in Seattle. Everybody thinks Jordan Morris is like God. And people, what he do? Because he played at Stanford, so they think he's like educated and baller. Mm-hmm. Jordan Morris will continue to get chosen over Sandejas. So I think Sandejas wants the whole USA dream. He has to leave Mexico. He's not going to get that respect. Yeah, I can see him going to the MLS. That's a very realistic destination. Uh, I'm not sure what happened with him in America. I know that he kind of started off with lightning in a bottle, scoring goals and whatnot. Um, now, I don't know. I don't know where he's... I don't watch American ma- matches, so don't really care. I know at one point he played for us, for Chivas. I don't think we took the best advantage of him. And I think Matias... Almeida kicked him out. 
Well, that was going back to the original point of Chivas being booty cheeks and no protagonists on the team. You need those protagonists to take that pressure off the young guys that are on the come up. Yeah. And you go to a team like America and you guys, guys like Richard Sanchez, Henry Martin, and his moment, Oribe Peralta, you know, Memo Choa, Mastrelin. You have all these heavyweight names that you can come on, come in, and they're taking the pressure from the media and everything. You just got to, like, do better than expected and just focus on you and not lose your grounding. As opposed with Chivas over here, they're being booty cheeks. So everyone's expecting you to be the next 16, 17-year-old prodigy and take the team out the gutter. Mm-hmm. And you just crack under the pressure. And it's not a fair pressure either when your teammates are, like, who are they? Uh, like, Marin, Basulto, and guys like that. And they expect you to take the team out the mud. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was bad for a while. Yeah, we we better put your teams to be that guy mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and they were talking about it too. You know that you know he's had a great career and how he did grow up, obviously in the Chivas system. And he said the, those games felt different, like in the under seventeen and under twenty. You know, coming up through the ranks, that those those matches were were different against America. So from like a young age, you know, the, the rivalry's there. And it is nice to have him sort of, I mean, I consider him the captain of the team. And it's nice to have have him sort of uh, take the baton and, and see where we can, how far we can go. Um, excited about the, the match. There's also... Uh, a random cup that was announced today sponsored by all states. It's like a continental cup. It's going to happen every year. And this year it's going to be the inaugural match between the United States and Mexico. This is going to happen in April in Glendale, Arizona. Um, I, I really don't understand. Like they just wanted to have a friendly and I don't know. I guess all state probably just wanted to throw their name out there, but I, I'm tired of them trying to create this, like, I don't know, like, oh, just, like, this fabricated rivalry between U.S. and Mexico. It doesn't need a, extra pizzazz, but now they just want to have a cup so they can they can continue to take some silverware away from Mexico or something. I don't know. I really don't get it. Well, they've, they've always had this, if not yearly, every other year. You know, um, matchup between the two. Yeah, I think they just yeah. finally managed to monetize it more by having someone sponsor the match, which is pretty smart if you think about it. That's just more money for the for the federaciones, which is, you know, good. You know, fans complain and say that there is no money, but but there is. You you could see it. Everybody talked about it here. Uh, the improvement with the youth. That has a lot to do with, you know, moleros and whatnot, and that's, mm-hmm. that's more money, and, and they put more money. That's what Mexico does so good at the youth level. I, I think because of the media, people sometimes confuse it, and they think that if you have, you know, if you did very good at, at, this, at that level, like under 17, under 20, that is going to automatically translate to the senior team and doesn't really work that way because it's for the most part, it's, it's just different players. 
you know, we, we've talked the numbers here of like, out of the 23 players that are in the under 17, only about 11 end up making it to the under 20, uh, less than that to the under 23. And by the time you get to the senior national team, it's it'll be like one or two, you know, mm-hmm. that survive the whole thing. Well, I think one of the big things is that there's a huge emphasis on the national team. So this is like my first season watching MLS and actually keeping up with it as far as like what's going on in the league. And the one thing that surprised me is, you know, they have like a starting 11 of the match week that just went by, but they also have like the top five youth players of the league. Oh. And, you know, there's like there's a kid like from Atlanta United who just scored like two goals, had an assist. He's like 17 or 18. And same thing, you know, it, and every what I've noticed, like, it's been like three matches so far. Every week, the top five, it's always like different kids are like 20 or under and they're starting in MLS teams and they're doing well. Like they're being influential in the game. And with Mexico, I see the opposite. I just see that everyone's <laughs> looking for the next stud for the national team. But as far as the league, you don't see them getting hyped up. You don't see them having those numbers, those minutes. And everyone's saying they're not ready. Everyone's saying, you know, MLS is trash. But at least the MLS is, it seems like they're kind of forcing clubs. He's only 27, man. Gotta, gotta give him a couple years. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, Mets shot themselves in the foot. It was the whole, once once they took off the, the limit of foreigners, right? It used to be five and four. Um, it just went to hell in, in that. Also, like made the, it difficult for young. the rule, right? Where you had to have X amount of minutes under a certain age. Every every club was uh, held to that. Okay, even that rule, I, I'm saying that wasn't even enough to make up. Ultimately, you need, you know, because you would end up with one or two players that would just play all the games, um, which I guess is better than than not having any. But ultimately, you need you need as many players as you can getting an opportunity, mm-hmm. and you're just not gonna see it with teams and they make a lot of money through through uh the transfers that's how they mm-hmm. make a lot of money it just especially if it comes from abroad you you get a south american at a cheap price and then you could sell them for a double triple of what you got them for oh yeah um, and so that's the whole business of it and for the local players like, and then that's why the local players end up being they cost even more money than they should just because there's not that many. It's like they they created this thing and it's like uh, they sort of don't want to do away with it, even though they talked about doing reduction. But what was it? Like maybe one player from 11 to 10 or something like that? It's it's ridiculous. It has to be – They have you have to have as many players as you can. Um, I'll say a good example is like Uruguay. Their league is not, you know, without due respect, they don't have that. It's certainly not better than Liga MX. But they got, you know, they give all of the, it's full of Uruguayans. So that means more chances of of turning out a gem. And so that's why you have country like Uruguay producing way more talent than Mexico. But that's part of it because they're giving more of their players more chances. Yeah, man. 
It's crazy. And I also think it's mentality as well. You know, America has that mentality of wants to be the best at everything in the world. So they're like, all right, we're going to spend all this money in this league. We want it to help make our players better. And the same thing is because there's so much money, they can send players away for cheap because they're not so much focused on the money, which is getting, becoming but, better but see, and trying to become I, the best. And I, I, what I, I think you're, you're making... Yankees, though, I see like Sunday League, you know. I don't know what you guys' experiences with Sunday League, but, you know, it gets really played, competitive and they got like sponsors and everything. And I just see, like, Liga Mekis is the same thing. Like, hey, man, I'm putting so much money into this team. I don't care about young kids. I don't care about nothing. I want to win. We're putting money into this, so we're going to win. I am not. I don't care about development. I don't care about two years from now. I care about this season. That's what I care about. And I just want to say what you mentioned about sending players for cheap. They're, they're not sending them for cheap. It, it's not that that's their goal, you know. It's just that how their structure is, so they just can't hold on to them. A lot of these players, they don't make that much money anyways. Um, so that's why they end up leaving. But it's not, I think a lot of times, and I've seen this a lot, like like on Twitter, people confuse it and they think that the clubs are like, oh yeah, go abroad. <laughs> it's like, no, the clubs want to be as competitive as they can. They would hold on to some of those players if they could. Uh, but you know, they got their rules, they got like their salary cap and like designated this and that. Release and clause. so it's, yeah, they, their whole thing is very different. And I think that's, that's also, that's where they shoot themselves in the foot, right? Because then it's going to be hard for some of these MLS teams to make really competitive teams. And sometimes you see some clubs that are able to do something sort of like Galaxy when they brought Zlatan or they brought um, Beckham and they, and some of these teams sometimes. But for them to have like a re- really good team, to have four or five, like let's say South American internationals, it's going to be very difficult because of all, all of these rules they have in place. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see what the next three years uh, are going to look like. I know for sure, um, piggybacking off of what Al Pastor says, like America wants to be number one. They want to be the best. And what a great opportunity they will have in 2026 to host the World Cup. And I'm sure that they don't want to be embarrassed, right? And they're probably going to be held to a high standard. And Uh, and for them... Hard to be embarrassed when there's 48 teams. You're the host. You're gonna get like the like. You're gonna get a really weak team. I guarantee you that. Well, what I'm saying is, um, <laughs> USA is gonna probably try and push as far as they can. What that looks like is maybe be, you know now that there's gonna be a round of 32, round of 16. They probably want to get into the quarterfinals. You know, who knows? They might even try and push for semis just because of that American arrogance. But at the end of the day, you can kind of see that they're they're taking this project serious. They might not have a coach right now, but I, I would say that they probably do have a, an advantage over Mexico. Um, with us, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if, if Coca is going to be I, like I a long-term. I just, long-term, I just had uh, something. Yeah, go ahead. Right now you're talking before I forget. You're talking about how far they want to get. What are the odds? of Mex and U.S. Uh, facing each other in one of these round of 
32 or round of 16. I need that rematch, Jaime. I, I don't know if that could be a possibility. I'm not I sure. Know, that's all the, yeah, unless you think they're going to be in the same bracket. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, I, when's the last time two countries hosted? Was it Japan and Korea? I don't know how those brackets were set up, but... I know, I, and this is three hosts. I wouldn't assume... I would assume that they yeah. wouldn't want them to match up until, like, deeper into the... But if you're the year, don't you want them to match? Yeah, for sure you do. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Another bright uh, or silver lining with this uh, stupid friendly or cup that they're going to have in April is if Mexico loses this shit, bro, you be- you best believe Diego Coca's on his way out, bro. Like, there's no way they're going to let him. If they lose what? The All-State Classic? The All-State, the, the no. prestigious. Isn't that next month? The prestigious All-State Cup yeah. that was just announced no. today and invented uh, probably 48 hours ago. No, it's not. He's, he, it's a, wait, you have the, what is it? The Nations, what, what, what the hell, man? Nations so many League? names. Yeah, okay, yeah, there you go. You have Nations League. Yeah. Right? And then they're going to have another Nations League, I think. But this is the search as qualifier for for um for Copa America. So that's that's gonna be the big one right there. If if you miss that one, then yeah, he's he's for sure gonna I be a we invited to Copa America. <laughs> nah, they did like they're doing it like a qualifier just to make to make these, these leagues more saucy. Ah, uh, you're um, lying. No, they just released the... Oh, the, wow. Yeah, so that's going to be the big one right there, man. He, he's going to have to put that one in the bag. So you don't get that one. Do you know how, how upset Gomez Bull would be if they're like, all right, you guys are allowed Everyone to come in, <laughs> and then Mexico misses out, bro? They'd be so pissed. Everyone, man. Mexico's like the hot chick, dude. That's what I'm like, saying. not going to be in the... They're not going to be in the party. And it's then like you tell everybody the at party. the party, yeah, 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 she's going to be there. She's going to be there. And then she doesn't even make the trip. You're like, shit. Yeah, no. Um, it's like, how many hand jobs am going to have to give out now? Fuck, dude. It's <laughs> like the hot chick. It's like the, the, you go to the OnlyFans and the girl's not there. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, fun stuff. Fun stuff. No, I think I think. But if he does lose the classico, I, I do think uh, you know the whole criticism, everything is gonna get ramped up, and and every week. It's going to be a strong push to get him fired no matter what. So there will be repercussions, but I don't see him being sacked mm. for a friendly. I do think uh, the two tournaments, of course, and then the Gold Cup, those those were yeah. the team is going to be expected to perform to a certain level just because of, of, of what happened at the World Cup, which was like performance was pretty much the same as it's been. It's pretty much pretty average to what's been in 
they've passed other World Cups, mm-hmm. um, same type of points and whatnot. They were just off by goal differential. So that's but but it's they make it seem like oh no the team died, almost like they got crushed or whatever. So yeah, that's what it is now. All I know is when they fire him, that slime ball Bill Herrera's gonna crawl over his pole with no self-respect, <laughs> and he'll say, "Yes, I'll take the job. I'll do it. Give it to me." No self-respect well, whatsoever. You know that well, ball will auto like himself again. Well, his boss is in the comisión right there, right? Um, uh, yeah. But you know, nah, he was doing nah, his nah. whole political propaganda, and they tell him to shut up, to so calm down. He did. And then he's like, oh, okay, well, you guys let me know. I'll be waiting. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's, if you think, if you look at it, like, because he's, he's worked for both. So when you're looking at the, at the Comisión de Selecciones, and you have the, um, the Tijuana guy, what is it, um, Hank. Is it Hank? Aaron. Hank? Yeah, I confuse him with his dad. Aaron Ron, right? His dad's Hank. You know, Aaron Ron right there, and that's his boss. And of course, Comisión was kind of like, they have someone from America there too. And so those are the two of the teams where he's he's worked a lot. And so, yeah, if, if but I, I don't think he would be automatic. I would, I would think only if Cholos is playing good. Is you know they're like protagonists. Oh, I'm not so, saying he's gonna get chosen. I'm just saying the slime yeah. ball is gonna auto nominate himself again. <laughs> he has no oh, the ball you don't have to go out and fire you, and you come crawling back to him yeah. like, come on, one more chance after like being denied ten times. I'll, I'll pay attention to the next uh to the next transfer market. Is is Cholo gonna open the purse? If we bring in some good players, mm. I know I know this guy will have them firing on all cylinders and playing great. And yeah, he will be automatically a candidate. But who else is there? Um, Almada and Nacho. Yeah, Almada probably just killed by association. The the group of Pachuca they didn't want to they didn't want to be part of that commission. Mm-hmm. We had some Conca Champions League action today. Second leg of these matches. Austin FC 1-2-0. But it wasn't enough to get over Violet, which is a team from Haiti. So the Haitianos, the Haitians, have made it through to the next round. That is a big dub I for think, them. I think, and I think one thing to look like in something like that would be like if you want to see how many players from that club are in the Haiti national team. Yeah, good call. Okay, so just I want to give this so much importance to how much of an upset this was. For every 10 bucks you would have bet on this Haiti team to qualify to the next round, uh-huh. you would have won $237. Holy shit. For every 10 bucks you bet on them to qualify. So think Damn. about it. Damn. The other thing. <sighs> They had not played a game since May 2021. What? Their league is ranked 247th in the world. No way. They only had 12 players that were granted visas to make the trip for tonight's game. Oh, my God. So how did they come up with the rest of the players? 
They went to the U.S. lower leagues and recruited players just for tonight. No way. Not how many players That's they epic, on dude. the bench? Three players on the bench. Well, Austin had 11. Wait, but how do you do that if, like, don't they have to be registered for the tournament? So how do you, like, how do you do that? I don't know, man. CONCACAF has to work it out, but read the article. They only had 11 players Bro. on the starting lineup. Three on the bench, two defenders. Where was I? I could have gotten some Kisses. minutes, bro. Shit. But it you was know. your chance, Ivan. That was my chance. Come goalkeeper. Nah, bro. God damn. I'd be like the fat Chinese. This, is the, the, this the, the... is the story for me right there, Pastor man. No. This is Austin pretty had like epic. Twenty something shots. Oh, the refs gave ten minutes aggregate, and they actually played to the twenty minutes. Right. So I think MLS called the visa. The Homeland Security said, don't accept all these visas because we can look this joke. Because remember, before going into MLS season, Austin is stuck in a favor to win the title. And wow. it's lost to a team whose whole roster is valued at $100,000. So, so some of those Haitians were the guys that were like trying to cross the border in Mexico. No, they were stuck yeah. under the freeway. Like last month, they were living under Bro. the freeway. Now they're. appreciate that background because now i'm gonna i'm gonna bring that up every time now (laughs) that's the the sound of the cap opening up (laughs) the biggest upset in conquer cap that's crazy yeah and atlas redeemed themselves against olympia they had lost that first match uh four to one but terena and jalisco they scored four pepinos so they're through to the next rounds and uh, tomorrow we have Orlando City versus Tigres, LAFC versus Alujalense, Pachuca, Montagua, Leon, and Tauro. Uh, I got to ask you guys, like, if any of these Mexican teams don't make it to the next round, would that be considered, like, a, a failure? It depends because sometimes they don't take it serious. And, and they don't even want to deal with it. So I say it depends if, if like they really are trying to compete for that, because I've seen it happen even even with like Libertadores, you started seeing some of these Mexican clubs that would send in like reserves. They wouldn't send their best players. I don't know. I think it's a big failure for Tigres. Uh, I follow like some you know American journalists, and during the first game, uh, Tigres versus Orlando City. I think like Lainez, um, Guido Pizarro, a bunch of these other guys that came off the bench and all the journalists were like, this is crazy. The amount of depth that Tigres has where they could bring these five guys off the bench that would be starters pretty much on any MLS team. They probably have most of the depth, you know, top five depth in North, Central, and South America. It's like, this is a big Oh, thing. yeah. Yeah, it gets eliminated by Orlando, who holding them back zero zero. That that's that's a fracaso. That's a huge fracaso for all the money. I would say for the team like Tigres and and what you describe, yes. Yeah, it's a total fracaso. In Orlando, they had a seventeen-year-old kid playing as right back on the first game at a boycott. 
couldn't get past them. You would think that would be intimidating for a 17-year-old American kid, and they couldn't burn them. Yeah. So I think that's a huge fracasso right there if Tigres doesn't win that game. Yeah. Yeah, Leon did have a one-goal aggregate against Tauro, so they just got to close that home. Same with Pachuca. They have a nil-nil right now against Montagua. But, you know, obviously playing at home, you're going to be a little bit more comfortable. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes tomorrow for Conca Champions League. Um, but I'm definitely going to keep an eye out on that team for my team, man. That's that's some crazy. That's a crazy story, man. That is crazy. <laughs> I was cheering for them. I was watching the game. I'm like, oh, my Hell God. Yeah. They pull this off. Pull it off, please. And when I saw the ref give 10 minutes, I was like, hijo de tu madre. <laughs> and, then it was a, and then it was 12 minutes, and he was still letting them shoot. Go watch the highlights. That game was fit. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the highlights. I'm gonna check them out, man. That's 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 actually pretty crazy. <laughs> Damn, pretty much covered everything I had on my list. Oh, this is kind of random, but Canelo is uh fighting and he's gonna be fighting in El Estadio Acron. He's gonna be playing uh fighting Bro, he's he's ruining our stadium. Does that mean, yeah, the the field gets ruined and then a couple Um, dudes get injured when they play the following week? I I think the season will be over by May, no? At least Pocho's stepping on a pothole in playoff time. I I actually don't know. Um, April, let's see. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. No, you're right, dude. Damn, it's gonna be around the same time. So his he always fights like around Cinco de Mayo. I think the fight's on the sixth, and uh, the last regular season home uh, game is on April thirtieth. So yeah, just in time, just in time for Ligia, man. Yeah. <laughs> just just move move the game to the Jalisco, man. I know, yeah, right? I, mean, I don't need I don't need over there. I don't need Pocho stepping on the pothole and. There goes Chiva's season, dude. Hey, that's true, man. That's I don't know happen. why he's hosting it. Why he's doing it. It's not even Wallaha. That's a Popan. And he's an you Atlas fan. Huh. Have you seen the guy he's fighting? <laughs> the guy he's fighting is a bomb. I guarantee you that fight would sell out in Vegas. No, in Jalisco. No, but I'm saying it wouldn't. I don't think it would sell, sell out in Vegas. But I think he's going to bring it to Mexico because he knows he's going to fight a bum what? and he'll know he'll fill up a stadium he, he, he talked about how he always wanted to play or play he always wanted to fight Guadalajara you know so I understand that aspect but it's just because it's, it's the most modern stadium yeah you know, Jalisco I don't think has been renovated in but probably since 1986 it's kind of it's kind of funky to have a, a boxing match in a in a soccer specific stadium you know what I mean didn't didn't Chavez have one at Azteca? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Only yeah. there was a way no, to find did, that. No, he did have one at Azteca. It was like 100,000 people that That's went to that crazy. match. crazy. But Azteca is, you know, iconic. Yeah. I don't get it either. You know, imagine being a nosebleed of Azteca, 100-something thousand person trying to watch it. You're watching it. You're watching it through the TV there. I, yeah. And yeah, the Jumbotron. Yeah binoculars or something but yeah yeah I, I don't know i think i'm Audi, you know we need the money he says screw it we're in the field before liguilla just gives a good amount of money for it i saw uh, a boxing match andre ward fought in oakland at the oakland arena and you know like that's a basketball stadium 
And dude, like I had to watch it on the jumbotron because I, I you can't see the you can't see the fight from that distance. It's like, no, dude, like. Hey, oh, here it is, uh, 1993. Chavez uh, in like 130,000 fans. That's definitely got to be a and record. So it, it's it, yeah, and it's been reduced. Yeah, I don't know what Azteca said now. They, I think it's around eighty. They, they did the the VIP. They they did more palcos. Mm-hmm. Well, they you know they started hosting a lot of NFL matches, and they're like, well, we gotta you know renovate and do all that stuff, so reduce the the size of the audience, I guess. Also for the World Cup. Yeah. Yup, yup, yup. Well, folks, that's all I have on the docket tonight. I don't know if you guys have any uh, closing thoughts, any predictions for the Super Clasico on Saturday. I know the the time difference kind of fucked me up, and now the games are going to be a little bit later in the day. So the Super Clasico is on Saturday at 8. You know, speaking of Clasicos, I was surprised that Liga Mekis did both Clasico Regio and Clasico Nacional on the same night. I thought they would do like one on Saturday, one on Sunday. So that, that, that did catch me by surprise because it's the Regio followed then the, I guess, as the appetizer and then Nacional right after. The thing I do like about it is that Regio's Thinker Classico is the most important one for <laughs> how much money they have. But watch them get smoked in the ratings. Uh, well, uh, the match will be on what? Do the N for Tigres and then Telemundo for Chivas. So they're not really. Oh, gonna... it's on Telemundo? Oh, damn. Yeah, because Chivas are hosting. Yes. Oh, yeah, so be Telemundo. Yeah. I take that back. They might not smoke <laughs> them in ratings. <laughs> well, in Mexico I, ratings, they will though. I'd love to hear your your prediction for the match. You got nothing, Busto? Are you scared? No, oh, no, sorry, I didn't hear you. Oh, my prediction <laughs> for the match? Yeah. Oh man, you know, I think it's gonna be a high scoring match. I oh. definitely think it's gonna be over uh, two point two and a half goals, so three goals or more. Oh, uh, Chivas. Um, you know, it just depends the kind of watch we get. Do we get that oh, watch that's just a Superman, or we do get that watch show? Like, remember um, a few classicos ago? Who was it? Uh, Diva. He did a penalty like in the first. Yep. Three first minutes, minute. And it's just kill like the whole. Yeah, like kill the whole morale. I mean, do we get one of those watch shows where he screws yeah. up in the first ten minutes and it just kills your momentum? Uh, I think that's going to be a big influence. Uh, the other thing, Vegas not seeing any minutes, is he? Uh, we don't know. Uh, I hope he doesn't. He said he would be ready. They said that uh, he would He would be ready. Maybe not the full match, but might no, get I think if Vega can come in the last 30, 20 minutes and Portugal still on the field, I, I think it can be great as long as watch when everybody holds it up. Uh, defense, we're looking good with Chiquete and all those guys. Uh, you know, I just think it's going to come down to Watcho. As long as Watcho keeps yeah. it in the game, I think Chivas can easily win it 2-0, 2-1. Okay. All right. Joel, what do you think? I uh, can't. No comment there. Uh... I mean, I've been, I haven't seen one. I haven't even seen the Pauneta pass. I haven't been able to see a single match this season. Oh, okay. Just because of my job. Just because of my job. So yeah. it's hard for me to, you know, 
make a prediction. I can kind of, I'm looking at my crystal ball and it's, there's nothing, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to throw in the Wacho factor in there because I know he's going to at least screw up once. So America will score probably a goal or two. Uh, as far as Chivas, I honestly feel it's going to be a 2-2 draw. I think that's how it's going to end up. Not exciting, right, to have a game end in a draw, but honestly, I think that's going to be a pretty predictable, accurate scoreline. I could be wrong, but I have a feeling that this might be one of the better ones that we've seen in, in recent times. At least one can hope. As far as, yeah, the, as long as there's goals. Yeah. There was the one where, I think it was Nacron as well, Medica had lost like for five, six first seven games. And Chivas was doing so much better, and we were expecting to smoke them. And it was it was zero, zero, right? zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like one of the most under. Uh, uh, what do they call those? Like, yeah, those matches are just like just disappointing. so much hype, and it was so disappointing. Yeah, it was like somebody do something, please. Any America score, at least make me feel some pain. Yeah, I'll go. It was just boring. Maybe hey, Chivas should take a page from that violet team. Just recruit, <laughs> Bro, recruit a couple dudes from random places. That's not a places. bad idea. <laughs> that's Netflix. That's a Netflix movie waiting to Go happen. Go back there. to the car wash where they found Carlos Salcedo. <laughs> Salcedo, dude. For real, you need somebody to replace that. <laughs> and Watcho plays Watcho too. Some some oh, bus boy or something. They need to have some kid. Some kid that was bugging the the buses in the FA. Yeah, those guys they could... <laughs> asking for the phones. <laughs> nah, they need to get the. They need to get one of those kids that wipes the windshields on the cars during traffic, bro. They got hands for days, dog. They need to get those one of those kids for ball boys too. Cause pongan, you know, smart chingones has, you know, be dirty. If America's on attack, throw the ball into the field. <laughs> that's you know that's what you're saying. That's I remember um, just really quick the whole Panama when when they were about to qualify to the World Cup and they're playing the U.S. Yep. And um, they're still attacking, and it's like if they, if they would have known how to like you know kill momentum and and done all of that like just. Um, I think they would have won that match. But then for the next World Cup qualifying, it's like you could see they learned their lesson. And I was watching one of their games where I think they had, they would clinch it in this game. And I remember the ball goes off sides and I see the ball boy running full speed to get it. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, this guy's not learned their lesson. And the kid gets the ball and he kicks it right into the stands. <laughs> and I, was like, oh. I was like, okay, they're, they're ready. <laughs> they're ready, dude. That's so and funny. Uh, sure enough. But yeah, that that shit, dude, it's, you'll be, it's crazy. You'll be surprised at how many leagues and all that. They, they do shit like that. Well, now yeah. I've noticed that they have designated like balls in certain parts of the field. So like they'll have like a little like cone there with a ball already like there. Um, I think that happened like because of COVID and all that. But I do recall oh. a, a long, long time ago, uh, back when Chivas used to play on Sundays on Univision, 
that there was a ball. It was still a live ball, but it was over by the flag, by the corner flag. And the ball boy grabbed it by accident. He thought it was out. And then the referee had to, like, warn him. And, like, they had to do, like, a drop ball situation. But, yeah. I remember also, too, in Ligia, Osvaldo would tell the ball boys to, like, slow down. You know? That was the thing. But you can't do that anymore, man. You can't do it. Yeah, you can do it. You just get a red card. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, we definitely want to appreciate everyone for hopping on tonight, especially uh, Ray Orozco. Really uh, heartwarming story you told. And, you know, a lot of our listeners, and they've been with us since, since before I was hosting, man. So I definitely appreciate that. And uh, we're always uh, on Twitter with the Cantina handle now, Verified. And uh, if you want to check out our website, Soccer Chronicle, I did take some photos of that Panama-Guatemala match. And I'll also be taking some for the Chivas Friendly on the 22nd over here in San Jose. Uh, as far as that, I'm excited for some Champions League football. We saw Haaland score five goals today, which was insane. And uh, we do have... Uh, a remontada with Real Madrid and Liverpool. Curious to see how that turns out. And of course, our only Mexican, I think, in Champions League, Chucky Lozano. They have a two-goal lead over Frankfurt. So got some exciting football all week long. And of course, the Super Clásico on Saturday. I uh, would love to hear you guys' predictions. So just tag us on Twitter or on the YouTube comments. But uh, appreciate everyone and hope you guys have a great night.